Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the LGBT Wellness Roundup. Today is going to be a double edition, so um, stay tuned for 12 stories on today's podcast. You can also find the written double edition at blog.lgbthealthlink.org. So without further ado, let's jump into our first story of the week, Anxiety and Depression Rise During Pandemic. Researchers led by Anessa Flange found that anxiety and depression have increased in LGBT people during the COVID-19 pandemic. They also found that the increases were uh, mostly among people without prior symptoms, which is concerning because that means that there's a whole new group of people who were not experiencing mental health issues before, at least not these mental health issues, who now uh, during the pandemic are suddenly having these issues that, that need to be addressed. The results suggest that the isolation is taking a toll on the community and that the number of people needing services is growing. This research was conducted using data from the um, National Pride Study Initiative, which I've talked about before. And if you just Google Pride Study, you can find that and check it out. They're collecting data from LGBT folks all around the country about their health. And we're starting to see a ton of studies coming out utilizing that data, which is really uh, exciting and kind of the plus side to an otherwise uh, disturbing story to start out the podcast with. And our second story gives us even more on mental health. Psychiatry Advisor explored the topic of LGBT health during the pandemic and showed anecdotal evidence of increases um, in requests for mental health medications, as well as calls to crisis lines. They note that the closure of campuses has made it especially hard for youth and young adults who have lost their support systems and have sometimes been forced to move back in with unsupportive relatives during the pandemic. If you or someone you know needs help um, with respect to mental health, you could definitely look up your local LGBT center for kind of guidance in your local area about what resources are available. And you can find that at lgbtcenters.org. That's our parent um, center links website. Uh, You can also check out organizations like Trevor Project. That's one for youth in particular, and they have a lot of great uh, resources on their website with respect to mental health too. Next up, get tested. The CDC published even more resources to promote National HIV Testing Day, including a series of videos that discuss why testing is important and some of the barriers people have to overcome. The CDC says that self-testing is a good alternative for people who are trying to limit contact with others or to limit their travel during the COVID-19 pandemic. The CDC is also sharing resources on how that can actually be implemented for those who provide HIV testing. I think that this is really important because we know that folks are having a hard time uh, accessing HIV-related services. And it's also important because without, um, you know, pride celebrations taking place this summer, a lot of the opportunity to share information about HIV testing and to actually get LGBTQ folks tested has kind of been wiped out. You know, if you think about it, that's often one of the places that we see the most testing happening is at Pride events. So definitely good for for those of us um, who work in this field to keep on promoting HIV testing all summer long. In our next story, a legal guide for trans youth. Harvard Law School published a new guide for transgender youth on their legal rights in a variety of areas. 
These include health and many factors that impact health, like access to identity documents and affirming environments. The guide also includes advice on self-advocacy, including keeping record of instances of discrimination, knowing one's rights, and seeking both emotional and legal support if one has faced discrimination. So definitely something to check out uh, if that interests you. And speaking of legal rights, our next story looks at more to be done post-Supreme Court decision. WBUR explored how there's still a lot to be done to make the healthcare field more LGBT inclusive, even after the Supreme Court recently decided that workplace discrimination laws include LGBT folks. The article cites studies showing that a vast majority of doctors have at least some implicit bias against LGBT folks, and that uh, prospective patients also harbor biases against having an LGBT doctor. So for people who work in the healthcare field who are LGBT, you know, they really potentially face bias from both their coworkers and their patients. And just making uh, employment discrimination illegal doesn't mean that we're going to make all workplaces instantly affirming and welcoming. And of course, we know that having an affirming medical profession is going to help LGBT folks access care in a better way. So this is really important to think about. Next up, COVID could halt HIV progress. The UNAIDS Coordinating Board discussed how the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the ability of healthcare systems to meet HIV-related goals worldwide. The UNAIDS Executive Director warned that the world was already off track on meeting many targets before the pandemic hit. She also urged that HIV programs should be fully funded, despite what we anticipate will be worldwide financial and budget challenges. Um, And she says that if this doesn't happen, in other words, if if budgets do get cut, it's going to be even harder to come close to what the goals were that were set. Our next story makes us proud to be smoke-free. The CDC published an article including LGBT folks to use what would normally be a season of pride celebrations around the country as an opportunity to quit smoking. They note that one in five LGBT adults smokes, and that number is likely much higher, possibly as much as one in three, for transgender folks. And we have to say possibly there because we don't have excellent data, but what we do have shows a really big disparity for transgender folks. The post that they published includes resources, ways that everyone can get involved in helping to reduce disparities by helping people in their community quit, as well as tips from a former smoker who got started smoking due to the industry's targeting of LGBT communities and was eventually able to stop smoking himself. Next up, impact of COVID-19 on trans health. Researchers led by Anna Vandermeesen explored the potential health impacts that COVID-19 is having on the trans community. Not only are trans folks likely at higher risk for having a severe COVID-19 infection, but trans folks are also facing difficulties accessing gender-affirming care. That's especially true for those who become sick, but because of shutdowns and all of that, it's very hard for anyone to access trans-affirming care at this point in time. And that in turn puts a strain on mental health, We know mental health services are also hard to access right now, so it's just kind of a vicious cycle in which, you know, not being able to access care makes it more necessary to access care, which remains difficult to access. Our next story explores data collection gaps. Movement Advancement Project explored the current limitations in sexual orientation and gender identity, or SOGI, data collection. Key sources of public health data often fail to include SOGI indicators. 
For example, the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, or BRFIS, which a lot of us working in public health rely on um, as a source of data, that allows states to include SOGI questions, but also allows them to not include SOGI questions. And right now we have 18 states and two territories that are not including that data, which means that, you know, we don't have truly nationwide data on uh, LGBT adult health. And finally, for this week's double issue, exploring trans portrayals in film. CNN reported on a new documentary entitled Disclosure that looks at how trans people are portrayed on film and how that can enforce or break down stereotypes about the community. The filmmaker also discusses how a 1990s film was both powerful as one of the first depictions he saw of a trans body while also damaging in the over-the-top rejection that the character faced. I recently watched the film and I can say that it's really interesting because it looks not just at kind of the historic perspective, but also on the individual perspective and how both what they saw on film and what they eventually portrayed on film, how that impacted a lot of transgender actors, which was really interesting to think about their individual mental health, you know, both as a consumer of film that included trans folks, as well as someone who is, you know, portraying these characters, which often was happening in, you know, a problematic uh, way. Well, that concludes this edition of the LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if you would like to learn more about any of the stories we've discussed, you can head on over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where you will find a written version of the Roundup with links to all the stories. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to just subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and tune in next week for another edition of the Roundup.